You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from the triune God. Amen. Yesterday, I had the honor of holding little Imogen, our newest housemate, just one day old. All four of the Aikens were laying in bed, and I leaned over and said a blessing over the new baby. It's one of the best things about being a pastor. (laughs) You get to hold new babies. And I couldn't help but think of our text for today when Jesus is asked if it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar. And no, not because now with an extra dependent, the Aikens will get a tax break. I thought of the famous render unto Caesar what is Caesar's text while blessing a newborn named Imogen, not because I care much about the issue of taxes or currency, but because of what Jesus said after that. He asks, what image does the coin bear that they are carrying in their pocket? And they said, Caesar. And he says, then give to Caesar what's Caesar's. But then he adds, but give to God what is God's. And to the original hearers, some pretty loud bells would be going off when Jesus started talking about God and bearing an image. These people knew their scriptures. When they heard image bearing and God, it brought to mind a few amazing verses from Genesis, I'm sure. Like Genesis 1, then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. So God created humankind in God's image. Male and female, God created them. And in Genesis 5, when God created humankind, God made them in the likeness of God. And in Genesis 9, for in God's own image, God made humankind. One of the wonders of birth is that we get to be in the presence of a human being who had most recently come from God. That we get to hold a fragile little miracle that so freshly bears the Imago Dei, the very image of God. I thought of that as I held image in, image in. How could I not with a name like that? And then I couldn't help but reflect on how if it is a thing of wonder to hold a newborn that bears the image of God, then it is at least equally as painful when one of God's children chooses to end their own life. An unspeakably tragic thing that we also experienced in this church this week One family had a baby, and another family had their husband and father die. An image-bearing child of God, gone, just like that. I don't know many people who are unaffected on a personal level by suicide. And as the preacher for this community, I was faced again having to make sense of all of this, like I have so many other times in my life, and frankly, I'm not sure I can. After one of you recently asked me for help because you had to preach at the, friend, at the funeral of a friend who had committed suicide, I gave you some stuff I'd written about my friend PJ's death and also a sermon I preached at the funeral of Billy last spring. Billy wasn't a member here, but he could have been. He was queer and creative and funny and prone to depression, so he would have fit in perfectly. Last spring, when I met with Billy's grieving family, I listened and asked questions and told them about my friend PJ, who had committed suicide, because I wanted them to know something. 
that if love alone could have kept PJ alive, he would still be here. Love is strong, but unlike what Hallmark tells us, human love is always imperfect and it actually can't do everything. I know what it's like to think I should have returned his last voicemail or I should have checked in on him more or I should have had more patience with him, but I also know that's not how it works. We're left with only what is left, our own exquisite longing for things to have been different and for those we love to have not been in pain and mostly to have them remain with us. I remember how angry I was at PJ, how tenderness accompanied that anger and how certain I was in the middle of my tender anger that God could somehow hold all of our inconsistencies, including PJ's terminal ones. People are cynical about religion and about Christianity specifically. I know this, and I understand. I mean, I can be cynical about it myself. Every time I see some smiley TV preacher talk about God's plan for me, or hear Sarah Palin say something irretrievably mean and stupid about poor people, every time I pass an embarrassing billboard featuring Jesus and a fetus, I totally get why reasonable people steer steer clear. But there is also good, uh, or else I think we wouldn't be here. And I think one of the most powerful concepts in the Judeo-Christian tradition is that we are, every one of us, every one of us, created in God's image. We are image bearers of the divine. And one of the amazing things about newborns, like image in, is that the image of God is so real and pure in them. But we live in a fallen and imperfect world, so we soon suffer the accumulated layers of pain and loss and a whole lot of other things that can make God's light within us seem darkened, the sound of our true name seemingly lost in the noise of competing labels, the image of God barely perceptible amongst the accumulated layers of damage and protection and damage and protection. We end up doing this to each other, too. It's so much easier to see someone as my enemy or see someone as the other if I conveniently ignore that they, too, bear the image of God. Trust me, I got my share of hate this week from internet commenters. And not once did I think, that is someone created in the image of God. (laughs) And perhaps hardest to bear, maybe, is the ways in which we can diminish ourselves when we can't feel anything but the massive distance between our ideal self and our actual self. It is then that we place our value in something other than being created in God's own image, effectively rendering to Caesar what is God's. Maybe this happens to everyone on some level, but what there are no easy answers to is why for some... There become so many layers of mental illness and deep darkness that the divine image so clear and present the day of their birth becomes so buried that they cannot stay with us anymore. I don't know that the church has an answer for that, but I do know for sure that the church is not supposed to make the situation worse by saying stupid things. Because if someone you love suffers from mental illness and addiction and maybe could not see God's image in themselves, if the voices of self-hate and depression and despair drown out the sound of God's promises and they take their own life, then that is devastating and unspeakably excruciating enough. 
So if you have to navigate some kind of complete bullshit about their soul going to hell because the church, the institution that was supposed to assure you of God's love and relationship to you, instead filled your head with nonsense like how victims of suicide go to hell, then I'm so sorry. They aren't in hell. They were in hell. And I'm not going to insult any of you by offering an explanation or a platitude about any of it. But there's one thing I'm sure of, the Imago Dei, the image of God that God has placed in every human soul, cannot be diminished or damaged even by the church. Call it the soul or the essence, but the Imago Dei, the image of God that is within you and me and Bo and Imogen and Billy and PJ and even hateful homophobic internet trolls, carries with it the divine dignity which cannot be touched. No matter what, no matter the competing voices or violence or low self-esteem or anger that comes from a world that simply does not know how to love perfectly, depression and loss and addiction might create pain, and that pain is real. But how good is God that God has protected in you a thing that can never be harmed? And you carry within you the light of God the Imago Dei, the image of the one who created you. And here's the thing, that, and only that, is the true source of your value and your identity. And no matter the sin and harm done to you by others, or done to you by yourself, or that you have degraded yourself by doing to others, none of it can get to that part of you that's holy. Because some things are so holy that they simply can't be desecrated. So I believe with all my being that those who leave this world, even by their own hand, are held in the same pure love of God from which they were born. If they could not feel the truth of God's love in life, they are surrounded by it in life everlasting. Let us pray. God, whose image we bear, through your grace, we beg you to cut through the accumulated layers of garbage that insulate us from the truth of your love. Amen. If these sermons are meaningful for you, we invite you to support the congregation, and you can do that at houseforall.org. There's a PayPal button there. Also, we'd love for you to come and join us for liturgy. We meet at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock on Sundays at 2201 Dexter in Denver.